The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by T. Rowe Price. Check out The Confident Wallet, a personal finance podcast series by T. Rowe Price and the Washington Post Brand Studio. Coming soon to wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Thursday, January 4th. In today's news, President Trump disbands his voter fraud commission. The FBI agrees to turn over documents related to the Trump-Russia dossier. And the Republican majority in the Senate is officially one seat smaller. But first, the big idea. Trump's break with Steve Bannon shows he will always put his family first. None of this is normal. Try to picture Barack Obama declaring that David Axelrod had lost his mind. Or George W. Bush saying that Karl Rove is, quote, learning that winning isn't as easy as I make it look. Or Bill Clinton's lawyer sending James Carville a cease and desist letter threatening imminent legal action. Conversely, imagine Robbie Mook saying that Chelsea Clinton is, quote, dumb as a brick, and that a meeting her husband took with a Russian lawyer was, quote, treasonous and unpatriotic. You can't, because all those scenarios are inconceivable. But that's just another Wednesday in this White House, which once again plunged into crisis mode after the publication of excerpts from a forthcoming book by journalist Michael Wolf. President Trump's insistence that Bannon, his former chief strategist and a top aide at the White House until just five months ago, was a mere staffer who had, quote, very little to do with our historic victory, is akin to Joseph Stalin trying to erase Leon Trotsky from the history of the Russian Revolution. In reality, Bannon has been a guiding figure for Trump for years. But this is part of a well-established pattern for Trump, who treats partners and aides as disposable once they've outlived their usefulness to him and downplays their roles after they run into trouble. Remember when Sean Spicer said that former campaign chairman Paul Manafort played a very limited role for a very limited amount of time, and that former national security advisor Michael Flynn was a mere volunteer of the campaign? Just weeks later, the White House was downplaying Spicer's role. Another former aide called George Papadopoulos a coffee boy, even though he was meeting with ambassadors, arranging sit-downs for Trump with foreign heads of state, and in contact with Russian intermediaries. Jeff Sessions climbed out on a limb for Trump and burned bridges with old friends like Ted Cruz when he became the first senator to support Trump. But after the attorney general recused himself from the Russia investigation, Trump didn't hesitate to claim that the Alabama senator had only endorsed him for political expediency. So Trump is obsessed with loyalty, but it's mostly a one-way street. What he wants is loyalty to him and his offspring. The final break came yesterday after excerpts published from Wolf's new book in New York Magazine and The Guardian. In the excerpts, Bannon criticizes the president's children. Trump is also portrayed as uninformed, unprepared, and lacking focus. Bannon, whose brand is badly hurt by Trump's repudiation, is already trying to make amends with his former patron. On his radio show last night, he said that he remains a strong supporter of Trump. The president of the United States is a great man, he said. Quote, you know I support him day in and day out. Bannon has told friends that he hopes this all blows over and Trump talks with him again soon. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar this morning. Number one, Trump has disbanded his controversial voter fraud commission because states won't cooperate with it. The decision's another big setback for the White House. Trump created this commission in response to his baseless claim that he lost the popular vote 
to Hillary Clinton in 2016 because of millions of illegally cast ballots. White House Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders falsely maintained yesterday that there is still widespread evidence of voter fraud. She said Trump has signed an executive order asking the Department of Homeland Security to review the matter. Voter fraud is very rare. A Washington Post investigation in 2014 found just 31 credible instances of voter fraud between 2000 and 2014. That's 31 votes out of more than 1 billion ballots cast. Number two, Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein and FBI Director Chris Wray met with Paul Ryan, the Speaker of the House, to discuss the Trump-Russia dossier. The meeting was requested by Rosenstein and Ray after congressional investigators asked for all documents related to the infamous report. It took place just a few hours before a deadline that House Intelligence Committee Chairman Devin Nunez had set for the FBI and DOJ to turn over these documents. Nunez had said he would issue contempt citations against Rosenstein and Ray if they didn't come through. Last night in a statement, Nunez suggested that a compromise deal has been reached and announced that DOJ will soon turn over some of the requested documents and the witnesses that they want to talk to. Number three, some updates from Capitol Hill. Democratic Senator Doug Jones of Alabama was sworn in yesterday. His presence further shrinks the Republican majority in the Senate and decreases their odds of legislative victories before the midterm elections. Thanks to his entry to the Senate, Democrats can now block any Trump nominee or legislation by winning just two Republican defections. Senate Republican aides say that Jones's vote will make it nearly impossible to take another run at repealing Obamacare. Tina Smith, a Democrat from Minnesota, was also sworn in yesterday to replace the disgraced Al Franken. Meanwhile, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell said a meeting to avoid a government shutdown in two weeks went well. The top four congressional leaders talked for an hour with the director of the Office of Management and Budget and the White House Legislative Director. But there are some tricky compromises ahead. Republicans still feel emboldened by the passage of their tax cuts, and they're demanding a big bump in military spending. They also want funding for Trump's border wall along the Mexican border. Democrats, on the other hand, feel emboldened because they know the Republicans need their votes to pass any spending bill. They're demanding protections for undocumented immigrants who were brought to the United States as children, the so-called dreamers. And they want to keep funding in place for social programs that Trump wants to cut. So some tricky stumbling blocks ahead. And that's The Daily 202 for Thursday, January 4th. I'm James Hellman. Thanks so much for listening. Stay warm if you're in the Northeast. (laughs) And I'll talk to you tomorrow.